Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 20 of the Jack of All Trades Sports Podcast presented by Anchor. I've got a jam-packed episode for today, including recapping every game in the NFL's divisional round, previewing and predicting both the AFC and NFC championships, recapping the coaching carousel and all the coaching hires made in the NFL, news from the NBA, MLB, and much, much more. Before we get into all of that, this episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor, the easiest way to make a podcast. Podcast, creation tools, editing tools, everything you need to start your very own podcast. And if you want to do that, you should go to anchor.fm to get started today. Today is Monday, January 18th, the NFL Divisional Round. We start in Green Bay in the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. And I have a quick Jeopardy question for everybody. He hosted Jeopardy and then continued his scorched earth trier of the NFL on Saturday by dominating a rare quarterback matchup. Who is Aaron Rodgers? That would be correct. Incredibly, he will play at home in the NFC Championship game for the first time in five career appearances. Good luck beating Green Bay with Rodgers playing out of his mind and the run game and defense playing lights out as well. Meanwhile, Los Angeles has some questions at quarterback, as Jared Goff has obviously regressed since the Rams' Super Bowl run two years ago. Sean McVay rightfully non-committal about his quarterback's place on the team in the future, creating the likely scenario that 2021 will be Goff's last chance to prove he is the guy. Packers win, 32-18. We go to Buffalo, where Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen faced off in a battle of two 2018 drafted quarterbacks. Everything Baltimore does well betrayed them in Buffalo. Justin Tucker turned into Cody Parkey and missed two crucial kicks by doinking them in the playoffs. Lamar Jackson threw his first career red zone interception before leaving with a concussion. The run game, which turned 1573 rushing yards during the Ravens' six-game win streak, most in that span since 1949, looked mortal. I know it's not another one-and-done like the previous two seasons, but the way they lost this game will haunt the Ravens evermore. But fret not, Maryland football fans. Stephon Diggs will represent your interests with style. The former Maryland Terp was half of Josh Allen's passing productivity. Nothing his second straight playoff game with 100 receiving yards and a touchdown. Buffalo's first to do each since heyday heroes James Lofton and Thurman Thomas, respectively. It feels like the Bills' heyday is back, and it couldn't happen to a better fan base. As the Bills win 17-3. We go to Kansas City, where the Browns took on the Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes lit it up for the first half, leading the Chiefs to a 19-3 lead before he went out with a concussion. Maybe the Browns is the Browns after all. Cleveland gave the defending champs a worthy fight, but ultimately fell short because of the worst rule in football that looms large in eerily similar fashion to the game simply known as the fumble. In this case, however, The Browns seem less like a snake-bit team and more like an actual contender that will eventually break through to their first Super Bowl. Kansas City's victory was a gutsy one indeed. Patrick Mahomes is the single greatest player in the sport, yet Andy Reid's insistence on literally running him into the ground on a third and short situation rather than giving it to an actual running back was crazy. Chad Henney proved that anything is possible and had a crucial 14-yard run on 3rd and 15 and threw a pass to Tyreek Hill to ice the game as the Chiefs win 22-17. 
We finish in New Orleans where the breeze, might, the breeze might be blowing away in New Orleans and Drew Brees might be saying goodbye to the game of football. I take no joy in saying this, but Drew Brees looks done. Like Peyton Manning in 2015, if the reports are true, Brees' final act in the Superdome was his first three-interception postseason performance to deal New Orleans a four-straight playoff heartbreak. Don't be surprised if the Saints aggressively pursue a blockbuster trade for Deshaun Watson. Meanwhile, Tom Brady, the GOAT, also struggled, but he is going to his 14th conference championship appearance. He is currently 14-2 in the divisional playoffs, and he has a chance to advance to his 10th Super Bowl. If Tampa Bay is going to be the first team to play in a Super Bowl on their home field, they'll need to win a cold-weather game against the hottest quarterback in the league. Fortunately for the Bucs, that's how they advance to their first Super Bowl, as the Buccaneers win 30-20. The NFL Divisional Round is in the books. That was the fastest five minutes in sports presented by Anchor. Uh, so, yeah, the NFL Divisional Round is in the books. Uh, we had four pretty good games. Uh, the one There was a couple blowouts. Uh, the Bills-Ravens game never felt close. Neither did the uh, first game, the Packers-Rams. They never really felt close. But uh, as for the other games, uh, Browns-Chiefs was a great game. Obviously, the Browns fell up short. We'll talk about that, where they stand as a franchise, what I saw from them yesterday, and where I think they go from here, as well as the Chiefs, what what happens to the Chiefs that they don't have Patrick Mahomes last week. We'll be keeping an eye on both of those. And the other game was pretty good as well. The Buccaneers-Saints, um, it was a little sloppy, but uh, it was close throughout. And uh, I think it's Drew Brees' last game. So let's start there. Let's start with Buccaneers-Saints. We'll go, ba- we'll go backwards to forwards. So we'll start with the last game on Sunday. Go all the way to the first game on Saturday. So Buccaneers-Saints. Tom Brady gets it done, his 14th win in the divisional round. He advances to his 14th conference championship. In That's insane. Tom Brady is the greatest of all time, and that's absolutely an insane stat for the GOAT. Um, Brady and the Bucks offense turned three of four Saints turnovers into touchdowns, and that was the big, big the big key was turning the ball over. They got three interceptions on Drew Brees. Um, I said this um, last night in the game. Uh, obviously, one of my favorite parts of this game was Jameis Winston throwing a 56-yard touchdown pass, coming in off the bench, throwing a touchdown pass. And I said, I think the Saints would would have had a better shot in that game if they would have put Jameis in instead of Drew Brees. Uh, Drew Brees is an all-time great. I don't like to see him go out like this, but father time's undefeated. It's an old saying, father time's undefeated. Undefeated. But um, it looks like it's over. Uh, Tom Brady will face Aaron Rodgers next week in the NFC Championship. The first time those two will ever face. Two of the greatest of all time. Great matchup. Um, Tom Brady said after the game, we worked hard to get to this point. Two road playoff wins is pretty sweet. We've got, we've got to go beat a great football team. And we know a great football team we know pretty well. Aaron's playing incredible. Obviously, we'll get to that in the preview, but these two teams did meet um, earlier in the season. The Buccaneers actually kicked the crap out of Green Bay, so it should be interesting. Um, I think Green Bay is very tough to beat, especially at home, so it should be a good game nonetheless. Um, before we get into this game recap again, uh, I did go 4-0 on my divisional round picks this week, so I saw the games happening pretty well, so that, that was good. But the big story of this game, obviously, besides the Buccaneers winning, Tom Brady did good playoff Lenny, Lenny Fournette. Leonard Fournette had a great game. So did uh, Mike Evans. He caught his first first playoff touchdown. But this it's the end for Drew Brees, and that's the big story. The Brees era in New Orleans probably is over after 15 seasons. Brees was blowing kisses to the fans, waving goodbye um, 
coming off the field, and then he did one last look back on his way into the locker room. The other thing that was pretty telling was after the game, he went out on the field with his sons and his wife. He was playing catch with his sons, and those are going to be the passes Drew Brees remembers throwing in the Superdome, not those interceptions against the Buccaneers. He's going to be remember throwing to his son, throwing to his sons after the playoff game, as well as Tom Brady also stopped by through a touchdown pass to one of Drew Brees' sons, so that was pretty cool as well. But the Buccaneers get the best of the Saints, 32-20. So that was a good game. Buccaneers move on. They will try to advance to the second Super Bowl in franchise history, and no stranger Brady is no stranger to high-stakes game in, in cold weather after his two decades in New England. New Orleans might have to ponder life without Breeze, so that is kind of what we are looking at as the next step forward for both of these two teams. Next game, Browns-Chiefs. The Chiefs win against the Browns despite playing a quarter and a half without Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes went down. There were two uh, controversial hits in this game. The first happened, it's being de- it's being deemed by some the pie line, the fumble part two. Rashard Higgins early in this, late in the second quarter, this was about with like two minutes left. Baker found Rashard Higgins wide open. Rashard Higgins dove for the end zone, fumbled. The ball goes out of the end zone for a touchback by rule. It's a touchback. One of the worst rules in sports. Um, but on the play, most Browns fans were mad about that, about the rule too. But they were also mad that Daniel Sorensen of the Chiefs clearly hit Richard Higgins helmet to helmet. It should have been targeting, should have been 15 yards, and the fumble wouldn't wouldn't have counted. So that's what should have happened. But it didn't. The refs were blind. It happens. Um, not a, not an excuse for the Browns, but if they get that touchdown, they win this game 24 to 22. So yeah. And the other controversial hit, I don't think it was controversial, it was clean, was uh, the play uh, Patrick Mahomes got injured on. So it happened early in the third quarter. Mac Wilson wrapped him up. He His head hit Patrick Mahomes' shoulder, shoulder pad. So that's a legal hit. He wrapped him up. He had his arms wrapped around him. He had his arms wrapped around his neck. He brought him down to the ground. That hit and tackle was completely legal. What Mahomes got hurt on, I think, was his head hit the turf and then hit hit the turf again. But that was not because of Mac Wilson. That was just Patrick Mahomes' momentum bringing him down that way. Mahomes is out. Uh, he was out for the second half. The Chiefs had to rely on Chad Henney, who after a horrible interception that gave the Browns life, actually played pretty well. Got a gutsy first down to ice the game for the Chiefs, and anything is possible. So the Chiefs win this one 22-17. Um, it's a tough loss for the Browns. Um, I don't know. It stings as a Browns fan. I'm sure the, the team feels the same way, but they all echoed a similar uh, statement after the game. They said, we will be back. This is not the end for them, and I agree. It's not definitely not the end for the Cleveland Browns. This is – it feels a lot different than those – I know people are trying to compare it to the drive and the fumble and all that, but um, it should – it should sting, but it feels different because this is Brown's team is young. They found their their head coach, the coach of the year. They found their franchise head coach. They found their franchise quarterback. Baker Mayfield is their franchise quarterback. He is the guy. And they and if you have those two things in the NFL, you can win for years to come. The Browns should be players in these playoffs and Super Bowl contenders for years to come. So yeah, they the Browns had a memorable season. It was a breakthrough season, but they should be back. Baker Mayfield, after the game, said we will be back. 
Um, Sunday in Kansas City, uh, the Browns' magical run came to an end. They nearly pulled off the biggest postseason comeback in franchise history, but that last drive, they couldn't get it done. They punted. They punted on fourth and nine from the Kansas City, I believe, about 20, 25, something like that. A lot of people said they should have gone for it because they only have one timeout after using it on a challenge and not being able to get it set up right. But I think, honestly, fourth and nine with a backup quarterback, you should risk it. If your team can't stop a backup quarterback from getting a first down, two first downs, let alone, I think you. Sh- I think it was a good decision by Kevin Stefanski. I'm not going to question the coach of the year. So Baker Mayfield, I think if, if, if the Chiefs punt on that fourth down, there was a fourth down. Uh, Chad Henney threw a little rolled out to his right and threw a little pass to Tyreek Hill. I think if the Chiefs punt on that fourth down, Baker Mayfield gets the ball and wins the game for the Cleveland Browns. And I think Andy Reid thought that too, which is why they ran a play. Baker Mayfield after the game said, it sucks because so many people have sacrificed so much during this process and this very strange season and overcome adversity. But trying to find the positive out of it, we're setting a new standard here. Everybody was saying it in the locker room that we will be back. Um, The Browns finally snapped the NFL's longest playoff drought. They win their first playoff game since 1994. They snapped a 17-game losing streak in Pittsburgh. Um, And though the Browns couldn't deliver the the upset Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs, they proved they belong. They put the NFL on notice. And they should be good for years to come. The contending window for the Browns appears to be wide open, with former number one overall picks Mayfield and Garrett anchoring an enviable young core now that is playoff tested. So Baker Mayfield had a great year. All those guys had a great year, and the Browns should not hang their hat. Um, but it's, it was just a tough way to go out, especially because it felt like there was false hope there. Um, when Patrick Mahomes was in the game, I didn't really feel that the Browns could win this game at all. When Patrick Mahomes went out of the game, I thought this game's there for the taking. And that was kind of a false sense of hope for many people. And I think that's kind of why it stings so much. And it, it was close. So um, there are similarities to the fumble that I mentioned. So this the, the play of the game was that Rashard Higgins fumble. I mentioned Baker Mayfield found Rashard Higgins, who tried to dive his way into the end zone and put the ball across the pine line. Daniel Sorensen hit Rashard Higgins helmet to helmet, causing the ball to um, pop free, and the ball went into the back of the end zone for a touchback. Now, here are the similarities to the fumble, as pointed out by ESPN. So, um, both of these games happened on the same day, January 17th. Both fumbles happened on the opponent one-yard line, and the final margin was they both lost by five. So, the, yeah, the, it's pretty similar, but I think the, the, it doesn't feel like they got screwed. I, I mean, Browns fans are going to say they got screwed by that play. I think they did, but it, it's not as bad as that first fumble because in those in the 80s, we would have won the Super Bowl if we won those two games against Denver. But this game, we weren't gonna, we weren't supposed to win the Super Bowl. We were barely even supposed to make the playoffs, and we were just trying to pull off an upset, and we just couldn't get it done. But we will be back next year. I'm interested to see what the Browns do in free agency. They have a lot of decisions to make. Vernon, uh, Richard Higgins, Ogan Joby, uh, Carl Joseph, uh, Cody Parkey, <laughs> players like that are free agents, as well as what they decide to do with some pieces they have. Um, Odell Beckham, do they trade him? Do they bring him back? I would love to see him come back and see what Baker Mayfield can do under Stefanski with Odell for a full season. We saw glimpses of how good Odell can be in this offense in the Dallas game, in uh, the Bengals game, in the games last year even, that Jets game last year. 
Um, that was not Stefanski, but that was with Baker. So we'll definitely wait and see. I think they should try and bring Odell back. I think Richard Higgins should be brought back. Um, he is he's a good player, and obviously that fumble was unfortunate. Kevin Stefanski, after the game, said that they teach the players not to dive with the ball across the goal line because they know it'll be first and goal if they just go down. So that's obviously a little bit of Richard Higgins' fault, but mostly the NFL's fault for not throwing a flag on that helmet-to-helmet hit that ultimately cost the Browns the game. But the Chiefs found a way to get it done. They found a way to get it done without Patrick Mahomes, with Chad Henney. Travis Kelsey was a big part of that. He had 109 yards and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill made some big plays. But uh, the Chiefs team, they're going to be without Mahomes next week. They're going to be in a, for a long day against the Buffalo Bills. So we'll definitely have to wait and see for that one. But the Chiefs win 22-17. Browns season ends. But the Browns have a lot to be proud of. And they will be contenders and players in the AFC for years to come. All right. Moving on, Bills-Ravens Sunday night, Saturday night, excuse me. It was on Sunday Night Football, though. Bills-Ravens, the Bills advanced to their first AFC championship since all the way back in the early 90s when they went to four straight Super Bowls. And that last AFC championship game they went to, they knocked out, guess who? The Kansas City Chiefs and Joe Montana do advance to their fourth straight Super Bowl. The Bills dominated this game. Um... The Ravens missed a couple of opportunities with that interception. The that play, the play of the game was the interception. Pick six, 101-yard pick six by Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson obviously went down with a concussion. But, um, you know, I think the Bills should have won this game. They're the better team. I, no doubt, in my mind, they're the better team. They, uh, they, they did well. Their defense played great, shutting down the Ravens' running attack. And they, they advanced to the AFC Championships. If not for a wall, the wall separating the field from the stands in the back of the east end zone, the Bills cornerback might still be running after returning that interception 101 yards. And that was Taron Johnson was the running back. His pick six of Jackson's pass with 41 seconds remaining in the third quarter helped secure that victory. After the game, he said, we're excited. It's not done yet. We're not done yet. It's just a blessing. Our defense stepped up to the challenge. Jackson was sacked three times and did not return after sustaining a concussion. He finished 14 to 24 for 162 yards passing, only rushing for 42 yards. Josh Allen finished 23 of 37 for 206 yards and touchdown. Um, the third-year quarterback was gratified to see Buffalo de- Buffalo's defense make a difference in the game. The pass happy attack the pass happy attack was kept mostly in check. As I mentioned, 206 yards is uncharacteristic for Allen. But they advanced for the first time since to the AFC Championship for the first time since 1994. They also extended a season in which it has broken numerous droughts. As we have seen, they won eight straight to match their best streak since 1990 and will face Kansas City in Kansas City on Sunday. So what's next for the Ravens? Um, their season's over, obviously. Um, I think they have some evaluating to do. I think they should get rid of Mark Ingram. I think J.K. Dobbins is their running back of the future. And I think the big um, offseason need this team needs to address is that they need to, um, you know, they need to go after receivers to surround Lamar Jackson with. I think they need better receivers to surround him with if they want to go anywhere and win the big one, if you will. The Bills will face the Chiefs. They did lose to the Chiefs. 26-17 26-17 on October 19th. We'll talk more about that when we preview these conference championships. And the last game, Packers-Rams. Packers um, this game was kind of um, a blowout, but 
The final score doesn't show that. It was only a 14-point final score, but this game was a blowout. Aaron Donald wasn't fully healthy, and Aaron Rodgers was surgical. Jared Goff didn't look great, and the Packers get the best of the Rams. Rodgers threw two touchdown passes and also ran for a score. Uh, he'll play a conference championship game at home for the first time in his career. Um, uh, he went 23 of 36 for 296 yards. Um, he had a one-yard touchdown pass to Devontae Adams, which was a great route against Jalen Ramsey. That was the matchup everybody was talking about. Devontae Adams versus Jalen Ramsey. Adams motioned one way, then motioned the other way, got wide open for a touchdown. He also found Alan Lazard on a clinching 58-yard touchdown with 6.52 left. And he had a one-yard touchdown run, the first by a Packers quarterback in a playoff game at Lambeau since Bart Starr's winning sneak in the Ice Bowl. They reached the NFC Championship for the fourth time in seven seasons as they chased their first Super Bowl berth in a decade. It will be the first NFC title game at Lambeau Field since hosting the 20, 2007 season, which they fell to the New York Giants. Rodgers was on the roster during that season, but he was backing up Brett Favre. So they will face the... They will face... Who are they facing? Uh, I just completely forgot. They're facing the Buccaneers. It's going to be Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. It should be a great one. So, yeah. The Packers win. The Rams were playing without leading receiver Cooper Cup and usual starting left guard David Edwards. And up next for the Rams, their season's over. They need to um, address that quarterback situation. All right, so that is the NFL Divisional Round. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to pick and preview the NFL's conference championships. We're going to go over some moves in the MLB and NBA and NFL coaching hires and much, much more. Please stick around. And welcome back to Season 2, Episode 20 of the Jack of All Trades Sports Podcast presented by Anchor. So, NFL conference championships. We went 4-0 in our picks last week. The divisional round, we went 4-0. Um... And it was a good week. Uh, it's easier to pick these playoff games, in my opinion. But uh, it, it, uh, something unpredictable always happens. All right, let's start in the NFC. We got Packers, Buccaneers in Green Bay, Frozen Tundra, Lambeau Field. The Packers trying to advance to their first Super Bowl in 10 years. Their last Super Bowl was when they beat the Steelers in 2011. Uh, and the Buccaneers trying to advance their, for, to their first Super Bowl since 2002. So uh, two lengthy Super Bowl droughts. Obviously, Tom Brady um, has been there nine times trying to advance to his 10th Super Bowl, which would be absolutely crazy. He's playing in his 14th conference championship. The thing is, I don't know how he's going to do in cold weather. And I know that sounds crazy. I know. He's played in New England for 10 years. He's played in cold weather games. The famous tuck rule game was kind of his first big, big game. But I don't know. He's older now. He spent a whole season playing under the sunshine in Tampa Bay. Uh, maybe the, this cold weather game doesn't bode well for Tom Brady. Um, I, if I, I'm going to pick the Packers in this game, I think it's going to be a great game. I think this game is going to be about, I think it's going to be around 23-20, 27-24, 21-18, something like that, some weird score like that. I definitely don't see it being more than a five-point win for the Packers. I just think Aaron Rodgers is playing too well right now to, for anybody to stop him. And I think that if I had to pick a Super Bowl favorite right now with Patrick Mahomes' health up in the air, I would pick the Packers because Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. The Packers' run game is getting going. They have a two-headed monster at running back with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, and their defense is shutting people down. The Rams scored 18 points, but they shut them down throughout that game. 
And I would pick the Packers in this one. I'm going to pick the Packers in this one. I'm excited to see Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. First time we're ever going to see that in the playoffs. Um, early in the 2010s, I, I would say every year, every, people would ask me, what's your Super Bowl prediction? I would say Packers-Patriots every year. And it never happened, and I was shocked. I was shocked that the Packers haven't been back to a Super Bowl since 2011. Like, you say that, and people look at you like you have two heads. They Because they've been to four out of the last seven NFC championships. They have one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Aaron Rodgers, but they haven't been able to get over that hump of the NFC championship game. They got blown out against Atlanta. They got blown out last year against San Francisco. They lost that tough one against Seattle when they couldn't field the onside kick. And they haven't been back since they uh, won against Atlanta in 2011 to go to the Super Bowl where they ultimately bested Big Ben and the Steelers. So I think it's crazy. I think they will go back. But if I had to look at keys to this matchup, I think for the Buccaneers, you have to take away Devontae Adams. He's Aaron Rodgers' bread and butter. He's his go-to. I think he's the best receiver Aaron Rodgers has ever had on the Green Bay Packers. And that's saying a lot. That's high praise. Because he's had Jordy Nelson had some great time there. And Jordy Nelson, uh, Greg Jennings, um, Donald Driver, all those guys had great, great seasons for Green Bay. But I think Devontae Adams, what he's doing right now, what he is doing right now is absolutely insane. Let's see. I'm trying to think. See if we uh, have a line yet, and or um to see if we uh if we have a line yet. Let's see. We do have a line. The Packers are six point favorites. I would definitely say that's fair. Um, but then like I say, the Packers are going to win this game. But that is not as surefire as you might think because they played in Week Six, and the Buccaneers beat the Packers thirty-eight to ten. Like, it wasn't even a game. Of course, that game is in Tampa Bay. The Packers are actually four-point favorites, excuse me. That's definitely fair. I think I expect the Packers to cover the spread and win by about four or three, but I think it should be a great game. Um, neither Drew Brees nor Tom Brady look spectacular, but between Brady and Rodgers, the QB of, of this showdown, there's plenty of reasons to tune in. Uh, Brady pretty much just didn't have to stumble – just didn't have to stumble over himself to beat that Saints. With Tampa Bay's defense feasting on misfired passes, Rodgers remains the hottest arm in football. Green Bay has been the more complete team all year, but one of its few major slip-ups came against the Buccaneers. I'm taking the Packers. I'll say my final prediction of the score, 28-24 Packers. Um, Tampa Bay may have trounced them earlier in the season, and the Bucs can go toe-to-toe with anyone when they're throwing the ball downfield with that talented receiving core of Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They got playoff Lenny. They got um, they got Ronald Jones. Uh, they're at home with an extra day of rest, and more importantly, Aaron Rodgers is playing with authority. Green Bay has also been more consistent as a whole this season, but get your popcorn ready. It should be fun. I'll take the Packers 28-24. All right, we got the Bills and the Chiefs. See, I don't know. If Patrick Mahomes isn't playing this game, I don't think it's close. I think I think if Patrick Mahomes isn't playing this game, the Bills win by three-plus touchdowns. That's my honest prediction. The opening line of this one is assuming the Chiefs play, uh, um, Patrick Mahomes plays, and it's Chiefs minus three. Definitely a fair line. These two teams did meet this season also in Week 6, coincidentally, as the Chiefs beat the Bills 26-16. They're back in the AFC title game for the third time in three years. The real question is whether surviving the Browns cost the Chiefs something even greater. Their superstar quarterback Patrick Mahomes' status is up in the air after he suffered a concussion against the Browns. 
that was a scary play too. Uh, he struggled to stand up. He looked definitely a little woozy. So uh, we'll definitely have to wait and see what his status is. But knowing the NFL, they don't care about player safety. They want Patrick Mahomes in this game. They'll do anything they can to get Patrick Mahomes in this game. And it, because they want a good product. And at the end of the day, that's more important to the NFL than player safety is. So the Chiefs have proven capable of winning without their top dog before. But this is a different kind of stage. The Bills, on the other hand, have yet to fully hit its stride in the playoffs, but sure showcase their defense against the Ravens. Whether or not Mahomes is good to go, this will be must-see TV. It all depends on Mahomes, doesn't it? If he's clear to play, the Chiefs are the obvious favorites. But even if he were fully healthy, this wouldn't be a gimme for Kansas City. The Bills are due to break out at some point with Allen under center, and their defense doesn't quit. If there's ever a time for someone to unseat the Chiefs, it feels like it could be now, and it will be now. The Bills will win this game, even if Patrick Mahomes plays. I think the Bills win this one. I think they win it by a score of 30-21. to 21. I think the Bills just dominate on the passing game. The Chiefs, uh, Baker Mayfield kind of lit up the Chiefs yesterday. His stat line doesn't show it. He threw an interception, but he was slinging the ball all over the field. And Josh Allen has better arm strength, and Stephon Diggs is one of the best receivers in football. So I expect that to happen. I expect the Bills to get their running game involved. The Bills have two receivers you can't guard one-on-one, Stephon Diggs and Cole Beasley. Um, And I think the Bills' defense showed that they can stop anybody in the NFL with the way they defended Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. So I'll take the Bills in this one. I think the Bills will advance their first Super Bowl since 1994, and they will beat the Chiefs 31-20 in Kansas City. All right, so that is what I think is going to happen in the NFL Conference Championship. It should be a great weekend of football, and we only have three football games left of the year. So uh, let's try to enjoy them, and hopefully they are good games. All right, so the next other news in the NFL, coaching hires. There are all but two, all but one job maybe. Filled. No, the Eagles and the, the the Texans are the only two, only two uh, jobs that have not been filled so far. So the the first hire came this week. Jacksonville Jaguars hire Urban Meyer, the former Ohio State and Florida head coach, returns to coaching for the first time since 2018 to lead the Jacksonville Jaguars. They have the number one pick. They have the most cap space in the league. It will be very interesting to see how Urban Meyer builds a team in professional sports. You can't do it like you do in college. So uh, I think this is a good hire, though. Um, I, I've said it before. I think Urban Meyer's still a top 10 football coach on the planet. And anytime you have a chance to hire that, you got to do it. So I'm I'm interested to see how Urban Meyer does in Jacksonville. If he goes with Trevor Lawrence, if he goes with Justin Fields, we'll have to wait and see. But it should be an interesting decision. He said it's one of the most important decisions of his life, who he picks in that one. And I definitely agree. So the New York Jets made some history when they hired San Francisco defensive coordinator Robert Salah as their head coach on January 14th. Salah becomes the first Muslim head coach in NFL history. That is great. I love to see stuff like that. Obviously, we've seen the historic hire this season in baseball when the the Marlins brought in um, their fir- the first female general manager in the MLB, and now the the, the 49ers bring in the first uh, uh a Muslim head coach in the NFL. I think it's a great hire for the Jets. I think Salah should have gotten a job last season. Um, he's got great energy. Um, he he brings he he brings a lot of energy to the team to the locker room, and that's what a team like the Jets need. And I think the real winner in this hire is not only Jets fans because I think the Jets will will be good in a very short two to three years. I think it's Sam Darnold. I think the Jets keep Sam Darnold. I do. 
I think they're going to let Salah get a crack at Sam Darnold and see what he can do with him. And I think that that would be a great move for the Jets. And I think the Jets made a slam dunk hire with Robert Salah. If I had to rank my hires, my two favorite hires are the ones I just read to you. I would put Salah number one and I put Urban Meyer number two. Those are both great hires. They brought in a guy who has a lot of energy, who's performed at a high level everywhere they've they've coached. And so I think those two teams are definitely on the up and up in these in the coming seasons. Atlanta Falcons then hired Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator of the Titans. Not too hot about this hire. Um, Arthur Smith, I don't know. He didn't look like that good in the in the playoff game. Uh, his play calling in the playoff game didn't look that great as they lost the Ravens, obviously. But, um, you know, he's gotten good experience under Mike Vrabel. He's built one of the best running games in the NFL with Derrick Henry. He's kind of, and if you want to give him credit for the resurgence of Ryan Tannehill, that might be another reason why the Falcons brought him in. The Falcons have too much talent to be a seven-win team every year. They didn't even win seven games this year. But ever since that Super Bowl run in 2017, they have not been the same team. They still have Matt Ryan. They still have Julio Jones. Some decisions to make there with older players. But I think the Atlanta Falcons are too talented of a team and that they needed to bring in a big name. And I don't think Arthur Smith is that big name to get that that player group uh, energized. The Chargers hired Brandon Staley. This was the last, that last hire. They hired Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley. Um... It's a good hire. Staley should have been a head coach earlier. He was he's made a a crazy rise to head coach though. He started a couple years ago as like a positions coach and now he 2 years later he's uh, the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. Perhaps landing the best um perhaps landing the best uh the best job available with a young quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, great defensive players in Joey Boza, a top 10 receiver in Keenan Allen. The Chargers should be a playoff team next year, folks. And I think this is a good hire. Um, it's not, it's not a risky hire. It's not a big name hire. The Chargers didn't need a big name hire. They have a quarterback who's going to give guys head coaching jobs. The, the, the guys who Brandon Staley brings in as, as his offensive coordinator is going to get a coaching job because Justin Herbert is a generational type talent at quarterback and the Chargers have generational players at multiple positions. They will be a playoff team next year. Book it. This is the, the this isn't the best coaching hiring. I think Robert Salah's one. I think, uh, the Urban Myers too. As for which coach can take their teams to the playoffs next year, new coach, it's Brandon Staley. He will be next year's Kevin Stefanski. All right. And as for the jobs that have not been filled, the Detroit Lions have not been filled. It is rumored that they are going to hire Dan Campbell, the Saints assistant head coach, tight end coach. He is the favorite. Um, and the Houston Texans, they are the other job that is not filled. Um, and there's a lot going on with the Texans. They're probably going to trade Deshaun Watson. Any team that doesn't have a quarterback right now is saying the team should trade for Deshaun Watson. So there's that's pretty interesting as well. But uh, here's who the Texans have interviewed. They've interviewed Joe Brady, Jim Caldwell, Matt Eberflus, Leslie Frazier, Marvin Lewis. And they have a planned interview with Tim Kelly. Um, and Eric Bieniemy. I think they should hire Eric Bieniemy. I don't know how Eric Bieniemy has not gotten a head coaching job yet. If they don't hire Bieniemy, I'd love to see Jim Caldwell get another chance, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, as for the Texans organization, you need to make a decision on Deshaun Watson. He's obviously not happy, and the more you hold on to him, the more you're going to put your team in financial stress 
And you're going to give your team uh, like a, a missing identity. You don't know who you are when you have a guy that doesn't want to play there playing for you. And that's a perfect transition. We talked about Houston and players that didn't want to play for them. Well, one of those players finally got his wish. As James Harden gets traded from the Houston Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets, he teams up with his former teammate Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. And he also joins Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn. And the Nets acquired James Harden in a blockbuster trade. Here are the full details of the trade. The Nets received James Harden from the Rockets and a 2024 second round pick from the Cavs. The Nets trade, the Rockets received Karis LeVert, Rodionis Kourouks, Rodion's Kourouks, sorry, and three first round picks in 22, 24, and 26, and four first round pick swaps in 21, 23, 25, and 27, and Dante Axum and a 2022 first round pick from the Cavs. Wow, they got a lot. The Rockets got a lot. The Cavs in this trade were the winners. They got Jared Allen, Tarion Prince, rights to Alexander, Alexander Vezenkoff. And that is, and all they gave up was a first round pick for Milwaukee, which is going to be in the late 20s. And they gave up uh, Dante Exum, a backup point guard. And they replaced him with their center of the future in Jared Allen, who's 22 years old, and Tyrion Prince, a solid wing player who's 24. Great trade for the Cavs. And later that day, the Rockets made another trade as they traded with the Pacers to acquire Victor Oladipo. So a lot of NBA trades are going down right now. Victor Oladipo thanks Pacers fans after his trade to the Rockets. I'm trying to look at the trade details to uh, show them to you. Uh, Victor Oladipo joins Rockets. They traded, I think they traded Karis LeVert. Yeah, they, uh, Indiana, Indiana traded, let's see who they traded. Um... I can't find these trade deals. They traded Karis LeVert was the main piece involved, but Karis LeVert actually failed one of his physicals. So, and he'll be out for some time now. So, Rockets star Victor Oladipo is on the Rockets now, joins the Pacers. Let's see what the uh, the, the deal is. So, they traded... They swapped Karis LeVert, who goes to Indiana, and Victor Oladipo. And they also got cash considerations from the Pacers because LeVert did... Oh, no, the Rockets gave cash considerations to the Pacers because LeVert didn't do well in his physical. But James Harden joins the Nets, and that should make the Nets the favorites in the East. However, Kyrie Irving has not played in a long, long time. He's been away from the team for seven games. I don't know if he's going to come back. It's going to be interesting. James Harden in his first game with the Nets looked incredible. 32 points, 14 rebounds, and 12 assists. And Kevin Durant also scored 42 points in that game. The Nets should be the favorites. But it's, it's always the old saying, there's only one ball. There's only one ball. And so it'll be interesting to see what the Nets do, who takes the last shot. I think it should be Kevin Durant, but we'll have to wait and see. But Kyrie Irving has not played in seven games. But according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, he said Irving's return to the Nets and debut alongside Kevin Durant and James Harden likely comes with Wednesday and Friday games in Cleveland. 
Irving has only returned to play once in Cleveland since his trade to Boston in the summer of 2017 on the opening night of that season. Yeah, Irving never plays in, in Cleveland. He never plays against the Cavs in Cleveland. I don't know why, but it it definitely looks like he will be he will be joining the team to I believe Wednesday or Friday. So that is what's going on with the Nets. They get James Harden. It's a risky trade. If they win a title, they win the trade. If they don't, I think they lose the trade. The Rockets build themselves up for a successful rebuild. And the Cavs win the trade. And speaking of the Cavs, Kevin Porter Jr., their rookie guard, um, their second-year guard, hasn't seen the floor yet this season. He is rumored to be either getting released or traded after an incident in which the team gave his locker space to newly acquired Terry and Prince, this enraged Kevin Porter Jr., who started yelling and throwing food at the coaching staff. Now, I don't know what's up with the Cleveland Cavaliers players and throwing food, but I remember when J.R. Smith threw a bowl of soup on Damon Jones. So it must be something about the food. I don't know why food is so readily available in the Cleveland Cavaliers locker room and why players decide to throw it instead of eating it. But that's where we are with this Cavaliers team. So that's what's going on with the Cavs. Um, it's always something crazy with Cleveland sports. The Browns are done, so what do we get? A Cavs player throwing soup at his coach again. Uh, it's it's uh, Time is an endless cycle, and uh, this year has, has, has proven that. All right, so real quick before we go, some MLB news. Corey Kluber goes to the Yankees. Good move for the Yankees. Great move for the Yankees. He's, uh, it's a low-risk, high-reward type of move. They bring in Corey Kluber on a minimum deal. The Yankees, also they also acquired someone. I'm trying to think who they got. They got a big name. Yankees. They got a big name this week. I don't know who it was. Um, oh, they, they signed DJ LeMahieu. So the Yankees make two massive signings this week. They signed DJ LeMahieu, and they bring in Corey Kluber. That is massive for the Yankees. They should be the favorites in the American League, but Kluber gives them a solid starter who has a lot to prove. Um, but the 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 downside of the, the Yankees bringing in Corey Kluber is that the Yankees and Masahiro Tanaka are still in contact, but it, it appears that there is a good chance he pitches somewhere else. There's said to be strong interest in Japan and the likelihood of a much bigger deal there for Tanaka to go back to his home country and pitch in the Japanese Baseball League and not for the Major League Baseball. So we'll definitely have to wait and see if he does that, but the Yankees do bring in Corey Kluber and DJ LeMahieu, and they definitely strengthen um, strengthen their chances to win the American League this season after a somewhat disappointing end to the last season. So that is all we got in MLB. Real quick, college basketball um, is – I'm trying to think how, where we are in college basketball. We're almost at the midway point. Yeah, I would say we're about at the midway point. Some teams obviously hasn't played as much as others, but – College basketball is in full force. Gonzaga looks like they're going to win the championship. They're undefeated. They look like pretty unstoppable. Um, and I don't know I don't know who's going to stop them this year. Uh, uh, they look really good. They have a lot of talented players. And this, if there was ever a year for Gonzaga to win it, it would be this year. And it would be this year. All right. So let's take a look at the rankings. Um, biggest movers this week. I actually got to watch some college basketball games this week. I watched the Ohio State-Illinois game. The Big Ten might be the best conference in the country right now. Ohio State beat Illinois. Um, Ohio State went up to 15 in the rankings. So Gonzaga, Baylor, Villanova, Iowa. Top four. Those have been the top four for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
Gonzaga and Baylor both undefeated. They were supposed to play earlier this season. They haven't. That's the matchup college basketball fans deserve. I don't know if we're going to get it in the regular season. I don't know if we're going to get it in the postseason. I hope we get it, though, because those are the two best teams in the country. Looking at other teams, Michigan's been off to a surprising start, I would say. I've, everybody expected them to be good, but not like undefeated good. They're 11-1. and They dropped their first game in the Big Ten in Minnesota a couple weeks ago, but they've beaten so many ranked opponents. Another team I would say that's kind of surprising to start off this year would be Clemson. They got obliterated the other day by Virginia, um, but they did, they're still 9-2. and two. They're ranked number 20, so that is what's going on in college basketball. Games to watch in college basketball this week. I'm trying to see if we got any big games this week. Oh, tonight at 9. Perfect. Tonight at 9, if you want to watch college basketball, you definitely should. Number 9, Kansas, takes on number 2, Baylor, in Waco, Texas. Baylor's favored by 8.5 points, but obviously Kansas is the kings of the Big 12. They haven't lost a Big 12 championship in what seems like forever, and this year might be the year they lose. So can Kansas get a crucial Big 12 win against the Baylor Bears? We'll definitely have to wait and see. Tennessee, Florida play tomorrow. Ohio State takes on our under underrated Purdue team, very underrated. And for the Friday and Saturday slate, let's see if we got any good games in the Saturday slate. Number 15, Ohio State. Number 10, Wisconsin is a great game as well. And we any top 10 matchups on Saturday? I'm trying to look and see. Doesn't look like it. Number 19, Missouri. Number 6, Tennessee. That should be a good one as well. But yeah, college basketball is in full swing. There have been a lot of delays in both women's and men's college basketball due to COVID. Hopefully those delays go away soon because I would love to see a full college basketball season. And I would love for this thing to get under control so we could get a somewhat normal March Madness coming up. All right, so that is going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a great week. Happy Martin Luther King Day. Um, I hope everybody has a great week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Do something fun. Uh, Maybe uh, go out for some ice cream. uh, Have some hot chocolate. You know, typical January activities. Um, And I hope you guys have a great week. Wear your masks. Wash your hands. Stay safe. Catch you on the flip side next week.